Welcome back to another message of biblical inspiration, motivation, and teaching from the Word of God. If this is your first time joining the Manna community, we encourage you to subscribe, let us know you're here, and how God has blessed you today. When you and I decide to do things our own way, most of the time, we leave ourselves in disappointment and further pain. When, in fact, we could have just listened to God in the first place and found ourselves in a better place. Today, we're talking about disobedience. And specifically, I'll walk you through how the children of Israel and even the great Moses himself, believe it or not, found themselves disobeying God. They paid the price and how you and I can avoid doing that, or maybe just a little less often. Throughout the book of Numbers, like any other book in the Bible, God's goal is to build his nation, and in this case, we see Israel in a desert wandering around for 40 years. If you didn't know, the title of the book, Numbers, is from the census that was taken at the beginning of the book to count how many people were brought out of Egypt to arrange God's people orderly. This was also to bring glory to God for the number of people that he saved, which was a lot. And so, remember, they'd spent hundreds of years in brutal slavery in Egypt, which makes this next part so crazy. We're going to start this lesson of disobedience in chapter 20. In chapter 20, here's what you got. You see Moses and Aaron in the midst of a complaining people who were complaining that they were thirsty, hungry, and a bunch of other things. So they went against Aaron and Moses. They started questioning Moses, saying things like, Why have you brought us here to this evil place? And weren't we better off in Egypt? And I'm sure you're thinking, just like I have, are you kidding me? But let's not cast stones too quickly. How often has God brought you and I out of something just for us to look back over our shoulder and think, man, sure felt good when, or things seem more fun when, or even better, geez, this following God stuff is really tough. Hmm, just get back to the story, huh? Okay. So Moses and Aaron had to do something, and they decided to leave the people temporarily to join God in the tent. They fell on their faces, and the glory of God appeared to them and said in Numbers chapter 20, verses 6 through 8, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. I don't know about you, but it seems to me God's instruction was pretty clear, right? Well, here's what happened. Moses and Aaron gathered everyone together before the rock, and just like you and I, when people are complaining to us about anything and everything, Moses wasn't a happy guy at the moment and probably lost his temper. Here's what he said in Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his staff and struck the rock twice, and water came out abundantly, and the people drank, and so did their cattle. Moses' patience was at an end. The people had complained about everything. In a fit of anger, he called the people rebels, and instead of speaking to the rock, like God said, if you were paying attention, he struck it. You would think Moses would have just done what God commanded, but no. 
Even the great Moses himself, instead of telling the rock to bring forth water, Moses decided to take all the glory instead of giving it to God. All our mistakes, our disobedience, has consequences. So your Bible outlines exactly what God said about this in Numbers chapter 20, verse 12. Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Wow, God, really? I felt so bad for Moses here because you can imagine he spent his whole life probably wanting to enter the promised land with his people. But because he disobeyed God, he lost that opportunity. Feel for him or not, Moses' mistake was big, directly disobeying God. By saying and doing what he was not instructed to do to provide for God's people, Moses gave himself the status of Israel's mediator and not God. Even still, brothers and sisters, if you notice, we still see God's grace here in the fact that he still gave them the water. This quarreling, complaining, doubting people, and he was faithful to raise up a new leader, Joshua, to bring his people into the land. These same people that we can't believe continued being blessed by God sound a lot like you and I at times, don't they? Be honest with yourself. And let us know in a comment. We answer all of them. Now, here's what you need to get from this story. Disobedience has its consequences, but most importantly, we learn that we are to glorify God in everything we do. The glory never belongs to us, just like it didn't belong to Moses. It's God's power and grace that provided the water to the people, and therefore we need to see it like that in our lives too. Anything we receive has nothing to do with our own doing, but God who provides, and we need to give him the glory for his work. Many of us, you and I, fall short in this instance. We disobey God deliberately, and some of us try to be obedient, but regardless, just like the disobedient Israelites, whom we can't believe how God continued to be patient with them, are all human and sinful. We need change. The good news is, like the rock that was struck by Aaron's staff, Jesus was also struck for us, you and I, to quench our thirst, to wash us clean, to save us from the stain of sin and death. The water resembles eternal life here. Take, for instance, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Your Bible says, And all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Not sure how much more you need than what Paul just told you. He was hung on a cross, took our sin upon himself, died, and rose three days later. In him, we have victory over death. In him, we have overcome the world. We are heirs in his victory. And there is no other mediator that can do the same. He is the way to God, the only way to God. We need to seek forgiveness for our sins and turn from them by placing our trust in God and in God alone. I can't save myself, can you? Neither can we take the glory for our saving. 
But through his matchless grace and mercy, I mean, who else would have still given them the water after being so stubborn and so unbelieving? By his grace and mercy, we are cleansed and made righteous in the sight of God. And the punishment that we deserve, you and I deserve, everything he went through, we deserve. But we don't have to, because Christ has taken our place and paid our debt. On behalf of the entire MANA community, I want to thank you all for walking with us today on what you need to know about numbers. For more biblical motivation, enjoy our YouTube playlists of biblical stories and most popular inspirational topics voted on by our community. Also join us on the go with our Spotify podcast for continuous listening of God's motivation.